Hi, I'm Johnny Hamilton, and welcome to this episode of the Future Focus Fridays podcast series. In this episode, I'm talking with John Bibby, Chief Human Resources Officer, Physician Enterprise at Providence. He shares his insights and stories of his career journey, how to prepare our capabilities for the future, and his secret sauce for earning a seat at the table. Let's drop into our conversation and hear some of his insights into preparing ourselves to be successful in our careers. Tell us, John, a little bit about how your career has evolved. Have you had any, you know, twists and turns along the way? God, I love that question. I, uh, in, in fact, let me start from the beginning. I graduated with my MBA from uh, University uh, of Hawaii, immediately took an internship at a uh, big hospital facility, Queens Medical Center, and uh, became the director of HR pretty quickly in my career. Uh, took a twist, uh, went to back to California and took a twist with Catholic Healthcare West, where I served as the regional vice president of HR for three facilities, which got so good that I went into operations and actually became a CEO and president of two hospitals. And that's where what I call my operational chops uh, came in. Uh, really got to see the other side of uh, healthcare, learned the operation and uh, really was able to help me with uh, what is today what I call a seat at the table from an HR perspective. Because when you can talk the business and you can talk the operations with your operators and talk strategy, then you get a seat at the table. And that's really what we're striving for as an HR community. So uh, I've had a great career. It started out uh, in HR, worked up the ranks, got into operations, and actually had my own hospital for two and a half years as president and CEO, and then decided to come back into a system regional approach from an HR, took it to for-profit from there, uh, got for-profit experience for eight, nine years, which is also helpful on the non-for-profit side because you understand the business concepts. I have a a keen friendship with the sisters and uh, wanted to come back to a faith-based organization, and I chose Providence, and I've been here for six years and enjoying every minute. That's fantastic. You've mentioned a couple of concepts, and I just want to bring those back. And if you could share a little more insights, you've talked about a seat at the table, the executive suite, and you've also have mentioned you went fairly quick, as you have said, from an entry level position all the way up to CEO. And I think that many people would say, well, that's kind of a straight line. You go up. That's the way your career is supposed to go. But you took some lateral shifts as well. Can you speak to what it meant for you to take some lateral shifts and some other shifts as well during your career and how that gave you a seat at the table? And what does that seat at the table give you? That's a great question, Johnny. I'll speak to the lateral movement first, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of my strategies uh, that I believe CHROs or HR professionals in general need to have to get that infamous seat at the table. So sometimes you have to take 10 steps backwards to go 20 steps forward. So when you do a lateral move, sometimes it's for education. It's for clarity. I had a great mentors throughout my career. And there's a couple spots where I got some education around what I needed to do to grow. And I took that step laterally to grow in that space specifically. So you pick things like business acronym, things like strategy. You pick roles where you feel has the most strength for your composite. So it makes you a better rounded leader. And that's why you take lateral moves. It's not always straight from A to Z, straight up. Sometimes you take a lateral move to move up and you get those experiences that are important. 
So that's why I think sometimes doing laterals and doing different type of business lines and understanding different types of business throughout our healthcare system is important. So don't take that as a negative. Take it as a positive, as a learning, and move forward. And in a couple of years, they're going to tap on your shoulders because you've become so good at what they call a performance measure two years ago, which is now one of your strengths. So I would definitely use that as a positive and always look forward to what's going to happen. As far as seat on the table, you know, I really break this down in the six big categories. And I'll talk about each category. One's a clever strategist. I think as a CHRO or even an HR business leader, HR professional, you need to be a clever strategist. You know, how do you as a CHRO talk to the C-level executives? You are expected to be the best strategy-making executive at the table. If you possess those capabilities of thinking and operating strategically, and determining how your current actions will impact the workforce or the future, that's the best way. This is the most basic way to get at the table. It's not all task-driven by CHROs. You must be able to handle and prove yourself in a strategic thinking manner. So that's number one. Number two is knowing exactly how to communicate to the executives you're working with at the table. You know, that superior CHRO, in my mind, You have to have the ability to communicate to your contributors on a daily basis. You also, uh, when you get to a certain level, you got to communicate to board of directors. They often don't understand the value of HR or CHRO. You've got to have reasons and strategic reasons to make them and endorse the mindset that you're thinking at the C-level suites that you're uh, presenting at the table. So second one is uh, knowing exactly how to communicate. From a business perspective, a business focus, this goes back to my operational astuteness. I like CHROs to be focused on the business side of human resources. What are the gaps of your workforce? What facts do you need? What type of things in your organization should you bridge as a CHRO? You got to think of ways how your human resources can impact the business, not just be a cost center. I always say we're not a cost center. We're going to impact the business somehow from an HR perspective. You know, be curious, ask questions. How does the business operate? Don't be shy to ask about things you may not know about. So think about how you can be business focused. A good CHRO will always be curious. A good CHRO will always operate in a business where they're not comfortable. Okay, training, compliance, recruitment. Talk about these things as a CHRO from a strategic level. The CHRO will will ask insightful questions, and then you'll get that respect and drive results from an operator perspective to be at the table. So those are just a couple things that I feel you need to be at the the table as a CHRO. Another big one, and I'll close uh, this topic with this, is be a change driver. If change is ever needed, you as a CHRO will always be able to drive it, and you have to drive it in the right direction. It's not an easy task. Change is hard. But as a CHRO, you must always have that sightfulness. You must always bring that need of change in an organizational manner, which could be either on a small scale or it could be on a large scale. It could be multi-state. It could be multinational. So there's a lot of complexities with change, but you have to be that driver of change. A good CHRO must be able to communicate, and this is very important, influence other executive and other caregivers who will look forward to the change and view it in a positive way. If you're a good CHRO that manages change and you're a change driver, you can always take what's given to you and make it a positive. 
somehow you always find the positive and you give that mindset and it changes the organization's mindset around change. So those are just a few things that I use to be the strategist at the table, you know, be that leader where folks in operations are seeing you as a leader of talent management strategies, a leader of workforce strategies, and a change driver. I really love that. You speak really to a leader who is driving people to follow because of a compelling reason that really calls to them as opposed to you need to do this. You're really bringing that buy-in, that optimism, all of those pieces into it. I also hear that you have a lot of passion in what you're doing. Can you share a little bit about what you love most about the work that you're doing now? Yeah, this is a great question, John. So one of my biggest passions is the growth of our caregivers and leaders. I love taking an HR professional, putting them under my wing, growing them, educating, help them succeed and seeing them grow. A good leader is only as good as their people's. And people say that, but I really have a passion for people's growth, people's transparency. I'm really open with folks, try to help them and help myself. No one's perfect. I learn so much from my leaders my HR BPs and my team. It's amazing. I got to tell you, ultimately, a skilled CHRO can do these things. You can make tough decisions. You can carry out the heavy lifting. You can think differently. And on a dime, go beyond just having fun. I love delivering results and making sure my team gets credit for it. I can always leverage the digital revolution that's happening today. You know, how do I take a caregiver that's been with the organization 26 years and teach them how to fish on technology and using digital to access the workforce rather than waiting for that application? How do you reshape the organization's culture? I'm always a positive driver. I expect me to take care of my leaders and my leaders take care of their people and their people take care of the caregivers. So this type of skill is learned through many years of experience and education, to be honest, Johnny. But I always show my passion. My leaders know where I stand at all times. And that's how I like to run business. And, and many of my peers and my colleagues say I wear my heart on my sleeve. And that's a fact. Uh, you will always know where I stand at all times. And that's kind of what I call my secret weapon. I love that. I always use the word the secret sauce. And that's what you are really sharing. And you're in a unique position because it's not just leading an organization. You're over physician enterprise and ambulatory care network. I mean, these are large groups and I know them by name. I don't know much about what it takes to lead a group. I mean, those are fairly different groups that are right there. Can you share a little bit more about what you find interesting about supporting groups like those? Absolutely. I love it. My own business case, uh, I believe healthcare is moving into this world in the next five years. In fact, uh, I believe Providence is, is making a big push to make sure we service our patients who are number one. And that means affordable care, best care for our folks. And I feel in the ambulatory and physician enterprise business lines is where our business needs to go and is going. I have the pleasure and I have the distinct honor, honestly, to work with our physicians across the organization. And it's really humbling for me the type of work these physicians and our caregivers do. We handle over 11,000 physicians, 8,000 of those being employed across. Uh, we have over 35,000 caregivers with ambulatory care and PE across the seven states. And honestly, it's the best work I've ever done in my HR career. 
I get to change the way we do healthcare through our physician lens, through a huge organization that really cares for the patient and the caregiver. I have never had this much experience with physicians directly and providers across so many different, uh, across Providence, and, and it's been amazing. So how do I change the way we do healthcare through a provider lens? It's different. In California, these providers are not employed with us. They're on a contractual foundation basis. So I have to treat them differently. Uh, you know, we have many boards that we go to in California. We have to present to different physician boards. In our other states, we have employed physicians where we have to move the employed model. These are physicians getting paid by us to do patient care across the organization. So in the next five years, I see work and patients going in this direction. I see our acutes being critical care hospitals, which is the highest level of care in our acutes and doing the day-to-day -day work from a patient perspective in our ambulatory, our urgent cares, our express cares, and our physician offices and our primary care. So that's why it's a little different than in day-to-day. -day. I love this side of the world. I've worked in the acute side for 15 years and now five years on the ambulatory side. We have to think differently on that side. We have a different type of workforce. The unemployment's at 2%. MA positions, medical assistance open. We got nurse positions. We got physicians. So I'm happy and honored that I can offer so many jobs to so many people and change lives through this business lines. And that's really the difference. That's amazing. And the changes that we have seen pre-pandemic, post-pandemic in terms of the workforce, not only our own internal workforce, but just in general of all the workers throughout the world, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of ways that people are considering looking at other positions when we look at how do we not only attract the best, but also how do we retain the best that we currently have? You had mentioned about the six HR capabilities. You had mentioned that these are key things that helped you move in your career. What can we be doing to prepare ourselves for the future as it relates to these capabilities and moving forward into where the workforce is going? The way Greg Till offered Future Focus Fridays for us is an amazing gift that as an HR professional, we have to take advantage of our own education and our own learning. I see the future as folks that can do cross-functional work. If you've been in HR your whole career, it doesn't mean you're gonna continue in HR. You should be able to learn and educate and maybe go into finance, maybe seek a mission position, maybe seek a different position other than HR. And then if you're an HR professional and you want to get into operations, you should be able to get that gift and learn it and establish that. We've been given a great gift by the HR LT, and we have to use that. How do we go out and find out what we need from a skill set to advance ourselves? If you have passion in caregiver experience, there's a place for you. If you have passion in caregiver relations, there's a space for you. If you have passion in operations, there's a space for you. So work is changing. I do see a hybrid model, future state, and we're thinking about workforce like the following. Do we hire schedulers in a centralized location that can schedule for all our physician offices across the United States? Why do we have to have schedulers in every region? You know, can we do that with technology? Can we do a hybrid MA model where a medical assistant used to be in the front office for an eight-hour shift talking to customers? Can we do telemedicine for half the shift and do in-office the other half? So we really got to get creative. Folks want direction. Folks want growth. 
And I believe the HR business line has done a great job to offer Future Focus Fridays to learn, to understand, and really go after your own education at your own pace. Some folks are aggressive and going after their master's degree or their bachelor's. Some folks are taking classes uh, with Harvard and Cornell to learn business acumen. And then some folks are uh, leaning on things like this, podcasts, where they can learn from uh, executives that have been through the ranks and help them learn on a daily basis. So influence our employees by learning and, and leading. Don't pigeonhole yourself into one career. You could always go to other careers and, and believe in that because I've seen it done. What an empowering message that you have. We have executive sponsorship behind this. We have a name for it. We have a time for it. And to have that level of support from the executive down to the caregivers themselves, take ownership. There are opportunities that are here. Find what your next step is going to be. I really love that message. Absolutely. And not only that, we even offer tuition reimbursement for some of the things that cost money to educate. It's an amazing benefit by this organization, and I think we should just use it. We've really come a long way since HR was really misunderstood back when Dilbert's Catbert and the office's Toby Flenderson. I mean, HR really had a bad reputation back then. What are your insights for how we can change the perspective of HR to be value added and having a seat at the table? Yeah, that's a great question, Johnny. Uh, you know, back in the day, we used to be called the personnel department. Then we've grown into HR department. I really want to get to a place where we're called business strategists, strategy and growth developers. The various aspects of business, we're outstanding people managers when you're in HR. It's definitely a requirement for HR leader to have outstanding people management. However, top HR executives today, they really need the awareness of HR. They also need to have aspects of business and organizations. And I'll give you some examples. As an HR leader, you need to know about sales. You need to know about marketing. You need to know about finance and other operations. The sound CHROs has knowledge, experience, insight, and allows him or her to make clear decisions and clear strategies to make sure the organization fulfill their goals. We have ISTP goals. We have organizational goals of Providence that are much larger than the HR goals we have today. But how do you become a clever strategist around helping the operation meet those goals? Observe from all angles, not just from the perspective of an HR officer, but a different perspective, a sufficient experience, collaborate with folks. That's what gets you to the table. C-suite level officers naturally root for HR officers that by time educate themselves and understand the business and give strategy on how to fulfill the organizational goals. That's the sauce of various aspects of HR leadership that we need to learn as an organization. That is wonderful. We really appreciate your insight, your energy, and all of your effort that you have had throughout your career and being able to share what you have had with everybody who's listening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, John, for your insights and stories about being successful in our careers at Providence. Join us next time for another insightful conversation on the Future Focus Fridays podcast.